Hi, welcome back to the Be A Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. On today, we welcome back Ange and Shannon. This is sort of like a delayed part two of an episode. I'll talk a little bit more about sort of the precursor to this episode. But first, we have a special message from Express Yourself. Hi, my name is Addie Tsai, and I am the editor for a forthcoming anthology currently titled Express Yourself. We're looking for people from the LGBTQIA plus community who are ages 13 through 20 to reflect on fashion. We'd love to hear about your relationship to fashion icons who helped inform your own style. Was there a specific point or a particular article of clothing or accessory that you found sort of your style and relationship to your gender or sexual identity? Do you feel that you are or will become a fashion designer? What does that aesthetic look like? These are just a few examples of some of the things we're hoping to hear about um, for this project. We're also seeking a few adult contributors who are prominent in the LGBTQIA creative communities, especially associated with fashion. So also please reach out. We're looking for narrative reflections that address some aspect of fashion including but not limited to hair, clothing, cosmetics, skincare, shoes, undergarments, drag, costume, hosiery, jewelry, perfumery, and other accessories like binders or um, packers or harnesses or other type of fetish wear. We really wanna hear from you. If you are not somebody that is really a writer, you don't think that you could possibly, even for the purposes of this anthology, put something together. We are also hoping to um, hear from you if you're really into Instagram and TikTok reels. So feel free to post a, a reel or a TikTok video with the hashtag express yourself on TikTok or Instagram about what LGBTQ fashion means to you as part of the community. This could be anything from a thrifted look to a makeup trend or even you know, a love letter remake of uh, something that your favorite icon is often seen wearing. In order to reach us, please um, email expressyourselfanthology at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. A little bit about me, my name is Addie, like I said, and I'm a non-binary and queer artist of color and I am the founding editor-in-chief of Just Femme and Dandy. You can find us on justfemandandy.com. We are the first ever literary and arts magazine that publishes work solely centered around LGBTQIA fashion. And so I am just super excited about this project and super excited to hear from new and emerging voices that I have no doubt will become the voices that we look to in, in fashion and in um, queer and trans identity. So please let me hear from you. Thanks so much. To learn more about encouraging your learners to participate, head on over to the show notes. Listeners, I want to thank you so much for generously giving up some of your day to be with the show. 
I am particularly proud of this episode as it is the 100th episode of the Be A Better Ally podcast. In case you didn't know, independent shows like the one that you're listening to right now rely heavily on ratings and reviews. So if you have not yet rated or left a review for the show, I would really appreciate you doing just that. As I said at the top of the episode, this episode is a follow-up. If you missed episode 87, the summer halftime show, you might want to head back to episode 87 and listen to that first. Definitely not mandatory. But essentially, that show set up the conversation you are about to listen to. And Shannon and myself decided to get together to create a little template where we could be making summer recommendations for one another for for media of all different types. So you're going to hear us refer to the template that we used. And I want to point that out because we were hoping that this template is one that schools could use. If your campus is particularly large and you want to have a conversation about LGBTQ plus representation in the media, you could use this across staff. If you lead a GSA or a SOGI group and you might want to connect with another one, we're also helping that the template might be useful in that way too. We'll talk more about that during the episode. Again, thank you so much for being here for this special milestone episode, episode 100. Enjoy our conversation. Well, hi folks. It is amazing to be here. I am actually here in Bangkok with Shannon, who will introduce herself in a second. Uh, my name is Ange. My pronouns are she and her. Um, and it's great to be back here talking about our summer wrecks. And I'm Shannon. I also use she, her pronouns. And I'm so excited that Ange and I just randomly happened to be together the day we were recording this. We're so excited to be doing this. I'm excited too. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are also she and hers. Listeners, it was a surprise to me that Shannon and Ange were going to be in the same location um, when the virtual space opened up and they were both there in the same geographic location. It took me like 10 seconds for my brain to catch up with what was going on. <laughs> so um, that was a really, really cool surprise. And I'm, I'm just excited that we are coming back to what our summer recommendations were. Of course, in the world of education, it's sort of like, yes, it's October and we're going to be talking about it. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find the link to our earlier conversation. That whole episode was recorded asynchronously, so we didn't meet for that. Um, but I shared the template because I think that's kind of a, an interesting format to explore. Like if you wanted to connect GSA groups or you're on a campus that's really sprawling or your schedules are tight, but you'd like to do some documentation. Um, I, I think that was kind of, I don't know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Shannon or Ange, but I felt like that's kind of an easy way to put a conversation together when it works best for everybody's schedule. So thank you again for, for doing that. Um, we will refresh your memories, listeners, with what our recommendations for one another were. We kind of set up this challenge to invite the others to pick from our mini menus and then um, we knew we would we were going to have this conversation. So Ange, we'll start with you. Can you let listeners know again what your recommendations for Shannon and myself were? And then let listeners know, were you surprised by what Shannon and I picked or were you sort of like, oh, saw that coming? Predictable yeah, Shannon. Okay. 
Um, I first off, in answer to your question about does this asynchronous setup work? I mean, that was your genius behind that, Trisha. It totally worked. Yeah, it did. I didn't really know how it was going to come together, and then so that final that podcast was amazing, and I think it's a great idea for. Uh, yeah, even in your own campus, um, mm-hmm. but certainly across the world is a great way to put an episode together. All right. So uh, my picks were an Instagram account, uh, um, a Hong Kong cartoonist, Caitlin Chan, um, the Queerest Folk reboot and the Muna album. I have to say it hurts my heart a little bit that neither of you picked the <laughs> Muna album, but I can only assume it means because you already just listened to it like a thousand times. You're like, why am I going to talk about this? Like, Everybody has heard the Moon album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only, you know, but I'm not surprised um, that Shannon went for the Queer as Folk uh, reboot. <laughs> and Trisha, you kind of uh, reached out to me sort of straight away after uh, looking at Caitlin Chan's Instagram account. So I knew that you were um, pretty excited to, to talk about what you discovered looking at their Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shannon, what about you, your picks? And did we surprise you or were we super predictable? Well, I knew you'd both be fighting over the first one. The first one I chose was the League of Their Own reboot, um, or not really a reboot, but um, actually it's just a new series. Uh, And I also chose the first kill, the lesbian vampire show that has since been canceled. Um, I was actually surprised that Ange went for that one. I really didn't see that coming. Uh, I just wasn't fast enough to do League of Their Own. (laughs) Let's be honest. <laughs> and then the other one I chose was an Instagram account, uh, uh, Luna Matadas, who's a really awesome queer inclusive um, sex educator. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting because, Ange, thank you for like applauding my my evil plan with this setup. I had never intended for it to be like only one of us could pick something. So that was like a flaw in my evil plan. So if we do this again, <laughs> if we do it again, I'll be a little bit clearer with, uh, yeah, with, with conversations about that. So again, if you wanted to do like a pop culture review, I think this is actually could be a really fun thing to do, like with a department or a grade level team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get into it later on how pop culture, issues of representation, um, you know, I think story and the media that we're consuming in our personal spaces is a great launch pad into some of the professional work that we're doing. So my picks were a tiny desk concert entry from an artist known as Rin. The second one was Kalani had put out a new album over the summer called Blue Water Road. So I put that in there. And then I also put um, the video that Kalani produced for Melt as kind of, I cheated a little bit, like I had two things. And then the last one was the movie that's beyond description, everything, everywhere, <laughs> yeah. all at once. So I will say um, I was a little bit surprised that both of you didn't go for Kalani. And that's only because like, you know, I was a teen in the 90s, and so I just automatically assume other folks also, like, get really excited for music videos. You know, like, I like to tell the teens in my life, you know, music video back in the 90s was, like, our version of TikTok. And then I'll show them, like, that nine-minute-long Guns N' Roses video, and they're like, no, it's nothing like TikTok at all. So I thought that would be that would be the choice that um, you both went with, but I was wrong. You surprised me, which is always a good thing. And again, as a potential like team building exercise, I think even just that, oh, it's interesting to see what others are curious about can be Mm -hmm. kind of um, a really nice way to just get to know folks who we're working with. So Shannon, we're going to start with you. 
Okay. You're going to talk a little bit about the picks from the menu that you dug into. Tell us why you picked what you picked. And then we're going to do that thing of just guessing why you think this was recommended. So my first one I picked was the uh, Queer as Folk reboot that was from Ange. The reason I picked this was because I loved the original. I know that there's a British version, then there's the U.S. version. So I watched the U.S. one in secret when I was trying to figure out my sexuality. So like I had a lot of feelings about that show. I thought it was really pivotal um, and really important. And that was one show that had a lesbian couple that was actually quite a somewhat healthy lesbian couple. So it was a good role model for me when I was figuring things out. Um, so I was really excited about this one. I do have to admit that I didn't realize it was on Peacock, so I wasn't able to find it. I'm still trying to find it, but I have watched the trailer. And all I can say is that Juliette Lewis must have sold her soul to the devil because she looks the same age now as she did years and years ago. She looks fabulous. Um, but I can see why Andrew would choose that because it's nice to see reboot reboots of shows that were important at a certain time. and seeing how they're navigating different issues um, now, I guess. And the thing that makes me sad about this is I saw it was already canceled. So I won't even get a chance to dive into it and then hope for another season, but that's okay. And then my second pick. So I chose Kalani's album and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Kalani uses they, she pronouns. I think both, okay. Um, I loved this album more than I thought I would, to be honest. I, at first I had it on the background at work and then I just listened to it. I just kind of sat there and listened to it. And I have one recommendation, which is the song Tangerine. That one was my favorite. It's super sensual and deeply personal. And I, I just love how there's a story in this album and, and Connie is clearly writing about somebody, but you don't know who it is. And I would definitely recommend it. I think it was super dreamy and it would be great for a road trip. It's like one of those kind of albums. And I can see why you picked it. It's just a really wonderful expression of whatever she was thinking about somebody at the time. Um, and then their music video for Melt was amazing and very cottage core. That's the <laughs> term that came up for me when I watched that. It kind of made me want to live in a, the woods for a little while. Um, yeah, okay. I would definitely recommend it. I can see why you chose that as well. Great. Thanks, Shannon. And your picks, why do you think they were put forward because listeners we had agreed to only recommend three different things so um, yeah I'm going out on a limb and saying that was kind of tough to just put forward three recommendations for the summer yeah that was definitely uh that was definitely tough um there's I mean I know I know Shannon uh Shannon and I are friends so we know each other quite well I am there are no surprises with her with first kill um that is just there are and there are a lot of TV shows that Shannon will recommend, um, and I won't watch all of them. But you know, <laughs> I, I think I needed to like ask myself why. That's okay. Um, and actually, it was First Kill not being renewed, and sort of the all of the talk and the kind of the anger and the frustration because there's a bunch of things all at the same time that were not being renewed, and I think Netflix in particular was kind of getting sort of pointed out that was like you know I want to. I want to be part of this anger. I want to see, I want to watch this. I want to fall in love with the show and then get mad about why it wasn't renewed. And I don't really, I'm not really good on the whole vampire. I don't know. And I think people just know stuff about vampires. They know stuff about all of the vampire shows and movies and stories. And so I didn't really go into it with that. Uh, I went into it while I was in quarantine in Hong Kong where we had to stay in a small room for one week. Um, and so, but I really did. I think I watched it in a day. 
Um, so I really did um, kind of devour it in the very vampire-like way. Um, <laughs> but it was cute and it was romantic in parts and it was gory in other parts, but it was easy to watch. And yeah, thanks, Shannon. And it was also terrible. And it was terrible. Time. No, I mean, yeah. I think that's like, that saying. Yeah. The terrible part is like why you want to watch it. Let's not hype it up. Yes. <laughs> like, I kind of liked it. But again, I was in quarantine. I was not in the best space. Um, my the second thing. So thanks for that, Shannon. It You're was welcome. it was great. Maybe I'll watch the next lesbian vampire thing that comes along. Um, the next thing that um, I got into um, was the everything everywhere all at once. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, as Trisha said in the intro, it's impossible to explain and describe. And actually, at first, it might not jump out at you as sort of being a movie on the queer list. Like this is you know is this a, a queer film and um, you know, that so there's queer characters in it and storyline, but it's not like the huge major part. Actually, what is the storyline? I don't really know. But overall, like, I mean, the the this film was really, really fun to watch. We saw it in the cinemas. We just got back to being you know, cinemas were open. Um, and, and I can see why, Trisha, I think you picked it. I mean, it's so complicated. I mean, you could pick apart and talk about this scene a lot, but I think that there's a lot of um there's a lot of things to talk about, like the, the good representation and maybe the questionable representation in it. Um, I think it's a great a great movie to watch and talk about. Great, so. thanks. Um, and my picks, I did go for, Shannon had put forward A League of Their Own. I did pick that and I, um, you know, I, I think it would have been a huge surprise if none of us had recommended that. There was a lot of hype about that coming out. Uh, you know, the three of us are kind of within a similar age range where that was a that movie was a very big deal and, you know, had a had a significant piece in, in kind of the pop culture ecosystem. And I think there was so much pressure around whether or not that show was going to get representation right, uh, whether it was going to deal with some of the, you know, the issues that it had when it was released as a movie and and was it going to evolve right i think there were a lot of people who either wanted to see it succeed or wanted to see it fail i think that's so common whenever there is going to be um, a piece of media that is really leaning into lgbtq plus representation i think there's so much pressure on it right it has to it has to do so much more than i think what any other kind of pop culture, you know, League of Their Own is not necessarily meant to be like a super serious TV show, um, but there's all of this weight on it. And um, but yeah, I, I think that completely made sense for that to be on the menu. And um, I also picked the Caitlin Machan Instagram account that was put forward by Ange. And I love that account. Um, it makes sense to me that Ange would have recommended it. I know that you've done some work with theater and I think whenever you've taught theater, just um, the way that we see storyboarding or the way that we can see sort of the creative characterization, Instagram does some really interesting stuff with that. And Caitlin Machan's work, again, very, very diverse in terms of the different kinds of stories that are being told. And anybody who's listening to me and is thinking, what, like Instagram as a storyteller's tool that doesn't make sense this is a great account to check out because i think it will clarify for you you know again if you teach lang and lit or literature 
and you're looking for another creative outlet, like an Instagram three-part swipe through series can be really powerful. So Caitlin Machan's work, I, I think is revolutionary and um, is also incredibly time efficient, right? So I can just spend a few minutes looking at Caitlin's work and, and take away so much from it. Um, opening this up to anybody, this next question, part of why we did this was again, to put a spotlight on our media diets, right? Um, they are a part of our personal lives, but I do think they absolutely bleed over into our professional lives, right? The stories that we engage with, I think do shape our values. They can inform and educate, persuade. So I'm wondering your thoughts, you know, why might it be even more important for us as members of the queer community to be really mindful of what it is that we are consuming within our media diet? So whoever wants to start with that one, the floor is yours. As Shannon gets up and just walks away, she's like, leave Ange to deal with it. She just did. She definitely did just leave me with this question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I don't know, like, um, sometimes I feel like I actually have to be more mindful about not only consuming um, sort of media or things that, 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 contain or talk about um, queer folks. I mean, I'm, I love to read. Uh, if a book is good, I'll get into it, I will devour it. But my wife pretty much exclusively only gives me books. We call it LC, if it has lesbian content. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, like, and, and that's, that's, that's a little bit problematic too. Um, but I do think that the more that we can um, talk about, especially up and coming, especially things that aren't big budget, especially things that might be sort of existing outside of the mainstream, we are more likely, I think, to see those things come across our social media feeds and, and spaces. Um, so I think that we can, you know, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to sort of share that, um, you know, with, with colleagues or with students when it's appropriate, um, with family members. Um, yeah, but I think it goes, it goes both ways. I need to like make sure that I'm really, uh, um, tasting all of the things that are out there and not just, you know, I, I can get, you know, really one-sided sometimes and just be like, I don't want to watch it if it's, if, if it's doesn't represent me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting you said that because for a while I was watching the terrible slew of reality dating shows like Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, Love Island. And, and after a while I realized like they're all straight couples, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that, but I just hit a limit where I thought I can't do this anymore. I wish there was something that I wanted to watch and so I think like for that, I was one side on the other side of the spectrum. Um, but no, I think you're, I, I, I notice that myself too. And I don't know if it's, if you know, if you feel like this, Ange, but for me, I think it's because I'm craving that sense of community here in Bangkok that I don't have quite yet. And so I'm looking for it other places, like that feeling of like, oh, this person kind of gets how I'm feeling instead of being the token lesbian in the high school, you know, I don't right. know if that's part of it, like trying to find it elsewhere. Yeah, and I think it, it is sort of, you know, the reality that media can be different things, right? Sometimes we turn to it to escape. Um, you know, sometimes we need something that is so far removed that it's like, this is going to get my mind off of work. This is going to get my mind off of what's going on in the world. So for me, it's often that balance of, you know, for many, many years when I was in schools, I was sort of like the one queer person. So when these conversations would come up, 
a lot of the times people would be like, well, what do you think I should watch or what should I check out? So I almost felt like this duty to let me let me do the research. Let me have some good rep- uh, recommendations, because as you were pointing out and, you know, with everything everywhere all at once, it is so important that we're thinking about representation in terms of is it adequate? Is it accurate? Is it by as well as about, you know, were there queer people involved at the production level? All of these questions are hugely important. But, um, you know, Shannon, what you were talking about reminds me of something that um, I've, I've talked about on the show before. I'm a huge fan of Sam Sanders has a new podcast called Into It. And he recently had Tressie McMillan Cotton on the show to talk about the TV series Yellowstone. And she makes this great point of like, look, not every TV show or every movie needs to be like critically reviewed or examined or have all these different lenses to it. Some of this is just for fun. But when certain things have kind of like this, they've been elevated to, um, you know, really have a special place within a community, it is important for us to stop and review and think carefully about it. So 100%, you know, do I think we need to be having that balance? But there's the third piece, you know, when you were talking about, um, and when you were talking about First Kill, when I was watching that, I mean, again, as a 40-something-year-old, that show's not for me, right? It very much is a show for teens, but I think there is real power, especially for those of us in education, to be aware. You don't necessarily need to watch the whole thing, but I think it is kind of an interesting touchstone for the kids that we work with, for the young learners that we work with, to be kind of aware of some of the stuff that they're interested in. Um, so I, I often will try to check out that stuff just because, you know, I think it it matters. Like one of the things that I notice even within my own family, I think one of the ways that we can signify care is I'm going to make an effort to be interested in the stuff that you're interested in every once in a while. So like if there's something my parents really like or one of my brothers is really into, I might not watch the whole series, but like, hey, I know this is important to you, so I'm going to. I'm going to give it a little bit of my time too. Yeah. And it's actually just made, made me think about um, when it comes to what other people are watching. I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about Halloween costumes and okay, which, who are you going to be from League of Their Own, obviously. But, you know, there are people that I work with who didn't know that it was a series, mm-hmm. like had no, had just no idea, you know, and so I think, you know, so coming back to that question about why we should share and maybe talk about these things, or I think that's we're going to talk about that in a bit. Like, it's amazing how different our information feeds, our social media, what's ha- what's coming up on my Twitter and my Instagram compared to a colleague of mine who might be a good friend, you know, who I might socialize with outside of school, um, but they just are receiving information just so differently about what TV shows to watch and, and things like mm. that. I mean. I can't scroll through three posts without some reference to League of Their Own. Still, good. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So, get, go to, going out of the way to, you know, get other people to maybe watch the shows that we're watching, and then vice versa. You know, to do the same thing. And I yeah. think, like, sometimes what I get frustrated with too is that I notice with like a lot of my queer friends will hear of one show, right, that maybe has some queer representation or a storyline where they don't immediately kill one of the lead characters, you know, like the barrier gaze trope. 
and we all get so excited and we watch it. And so I think like there, there's not a lot of content out there still, right? So we're being more critical of what is offered to us. But um, I think you're right. I noticed that too, when I talk about shows I'm watching or things I'm reading and people have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And that I think that can be a little lonely too. So that's why I think stuff like this podcast is really important to show how to bridge those gaps. Oh, thank you. That's That's really kind. And, you know, again, I think it is about that sustained conversation coming back to it again and again, you know, because a league of their own, maybe that gets recommended and somebody, oh, that, that's not the show for me, but what else is out there kind of a thing. Um, I, I know that a lot of GSAs will put together like a media kit for folks where it's like, these are some of the shows we like, these are some of the video games, these are some of the films. And I, I always like, I love that. Like I, I strongly endorse that as an exercise. Like I, I think that's really interesting. And to your point, because we are still at a place where there are not a lot of shows with big representation and certainly not a lot of shows that are directed by queer folks, produced by queer folks. You're right. We sort of have this hyper vigilance over are they doing every single thing perfectly or right? And I do not think we hold heterosexual content to that same standard. You know, Shannon, you were talking about um, some of the dating reality shows that you were into. And my wife and I were like super surprised to find ourselves binging Selling Sunset earlier last year, but we so same. needed escapism, right? It yeah. is far from a perfect show, so far from it. But I don't see people nitpicking that content or some other shows in the same way um, and i do think the reality is if we want more queer content there is work to be done around endorsing it i'm not saying you know if it gets it really wrong or um, you know again it's not thinking intersectionally about representation that we give it a pass but even just it matters when we're streaming it right so those those stats those data points matter those reviews matter um, there's another podcaster who I've got so much admiration for, Bridget Todd, who has a great series. Uh, she does work with Mozilla as well on internet, the state of the internet, but her show, There Are No Girls on the Internet, looks at media and digital literacy. And she had an episode that talked a lot about how folks will get organized and they will campaign against something that has LGBTQ plus content, right? We're seeing this with, with book bannings. So right. there's a lot of coordination to, and I don't know if either of you remembered when the Ghostbusters reboot came out years ago, a, a lot of straight white men got together and said, we are going to absolutely just, you know, terrible review after terrible review on yeah. IMDb so that um, it would take so much to counterbalance all of that hate. So yeah. I've been trying to be more mindful of like there, you know, a long time ago, there were not a lot of women. I, the data was something like 80% of reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes were men. Um, so getting in there and not just, oh, because it was directed by a woman, I'm going to give it a good review. But when I am enjoying something, I, I will make a point of getting in there reviewing, rating it, um, because all that stuff does matter, I think. Right. right. Yeah, I've seen that, that that negative review thing on happens on Amazon with books, right? You know, and it, it's, all, it's systematic where people are just like, mm -hmm. not even, never have never bought the book or have never read the book or, you know, yeah, but and Goodreads as well will just go in there and just tear things down. That's mm -hmm. what's happening with 
be bros right now, right? People keep talking about that, that there's a lot of comments just trying to sway the the ratings everywhere because it happens to be a story between two gay men. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, and again, for Lang and Lit, that can be a really interesting exercise to look at the reviews, compare it to another rom-com, right? And look at the way in which it's it's talked about. And part of what I liked about everything all at once is the storyline that is queer within that story it is essential it's not i mean i don't even know if you could say that there is like one backbone of that movie it just splinters right. <laughs> off and goes into so many different directions it's important but it's not as though the way that that uh, mother-daughter dynamic is represented it has a lot of nuance right and so for me i'm always looking for for that complication so it's important but it's not their relationship isn't only defined by that. It's defined by many things. It's like the the three or four dimensions of of queerness being represented. We don't only see the daughter as a queer person and that's it. We know lots of other things about her. Um, so yeah, I do think it is still, I don't want listeners to confuse me and, and think, oh, just because it's queer, we have to like it and boost it and be um, you know, cheering it on. I, I do think we can have that balance of thinking critically about it, but also thinking in what ways do we need to be having conversations about this content if we want more of it? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, even just this exercise of putting together a menu, gosh, like 15 years ago, I think it would have been really hard for us to have a menu of nine distinct things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and just thinking about when, no, uh, when if you say that we are going to like everything just because it's queer, I mean, I could. Uh, there's a laundry list of of movies on Netflix that fall under that LGBTQIA plus category that are terrible, horrible, yeah. like just terrible. Um, and but, I probably watched them all. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, I'm wondering. I think that media can be a great little touchstone in staff rooms or even. You know, I, I think our social media is like an extension of the staff room sometimes, especially in international schools, right, where um, there's a, a really close-knit community. I'm wondering of, of all of the pieces that you looked at, which one do you think might make for a good entry point into a conversation between folks who you work with or folks who you have worked with? I have to just claim the one I put down because I just feel like that's such an, a good entry point. It's a league of their own because I think it can appeal to a number of people for a variety of reasons, right? Um, and there's people that love the original, they love the movie and would be interested in this movie and people who like baseball. I don't know. There's a lot of entry points there, but I think I, I think what you're saying, Trisha, is so important though, this idea of just bringing it up, you know, hey, what are you watching? What did you watch last night? What are you doing this weekend? You know, and, and just easing into conversation. And I found myself talking about this show because I was so excited about the premiere and so I was in my counseling meeting with all these counselors and I was just, you know, excitedly mentioning how there has so much representation. It was just a really great um, story with a lot of queer characters and queer storylines. And everyone just kind of listened and nodded. But then the next day or, or sorry, the next week, someone came and said that they started watching it. So I thought that's great. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of a nice thing for somebody that didn't expect to watch that to watch that. But um, I, I also want to comment that with students, one thing I've been doing is um, I run this group called the Rainbow Connection, which is an LGBT support group. So it's for kids who are 
identifying somewhere along the spectrum within the community and the constellation of gender identity and sexual orientation. And every time we start the meeting, we start with the LGBTQ history moment where I give them a trivia question. And then we start with what we're watching. So we also are sharing things that they're watching that I'm watching and I'm taking notes on what they're watching. And um, it's never things I've heard of, which makes mm. me feel quite old, but it's really important, right? To know, uh, to get a pulse on what they're talking about and thinking about. Um, that's how I heard about Heartstoppers because that's all they would talk about. That's all they still want to talk about. I, I have a uh, I have a student who is just he's just carrying heart stoppers around and 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 I, I knew that he wanted to talk to me about it but he didn't really know how to start you know because I'm new and I'm sort of in this the vice principal's office and you only go in there if you're in trouble and he just walked past one day um I was like hey what are you reading and now we talk about <laughs> heart stopper and he's just reading volume three over and over and over again because volume four is being borrowed um, someone's got it in the library so he's just like I'm just going to keep reading volume three until volume four is ready um, you know and then he explained in detail what shipping meant it's like there's these two characters in it you know like but it's those kinds of things like so he kind of knew that I was someone he could talk to about this um, book and then I mean full disclosure I've not read it I have only watched the season the series you need to I do it. need to read it um yeah but okay that so th that that's something that I have shared like then I pick up on that and I share that with the teacher, with the student's teacher. And just like, this is a, this is a pretty important book that this kid is reading and wants to talk about. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, so his English teacher, you know, talk, talk to him uh, about this book. So this is not any of our recommendations. Of course, we're going to start talking about hundreds of other things. I would love that. I think League of Their Own as well. I think from an English, uh, a Lang and Lit perspective, I could, I could almost read that extended essay that is this comparison between the movie and um and the series you know so like you know having that conversation with with english teachers about um um you know about the difference and, and how 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 much did they get right this time around um and i also think that I, you know and i think the music things i think are easy to talk about so in my weekly newsletter that i send out to staff i usually try and put um you know what's making me happy this week totally stole that um <laughs> You know, and I, I'll drop, you know, some, some books or podcasts or things. And every now and again, obviously the, a, a littering of, um, of, of things, you know, from our list, but even like just getting people exposed to music by queer artists, right. That, that's, I think just wouldn't come across people's radar. So they think that's also another easy way to get people sort of diversifying um, what they're listening to or reading or digesting. Yeah. I think that's hugely important. I know that for many schools we're at a place now where the idea of doing like a visual audit or a library audit is sort of uh, again becoming more common practice so you know walking around the school or looking at the school's digital content do we have examples of lots of different types of families or is there just one example of families but i think almost like the audio audit when you have events when you have dances when you have soundtracks in your videos how many times have students or colleagues or members of the community ever heard songs either by queer artists or um you know a, a song where again we have queerness represented in it um you know again i, I just think is kind of an interesting an interesting conversation so 
thank you for for bringing up the music one and and I, I think both of you just give really great examples of seeking asking what are folks interested in giving them opportunities to diversify their media diet because i think it's huge i think it's such an important conversation and and we need to be having it again and again um you know i would say also i i really think that a good entry point conversation for colleagues a league of their own as a reboot i just think that's a really interesting question you know what's the point of doing a reboot yeah um when we've got decades in between when the original was produced really having that as a kind of a creative exercise like what has to change right, right. Uh, what would be some of the must do changes and i listened to uh, pop culture happy hour did a review of that series and it didn't dawn on me until they had discussed actually the way that the portrayal of the athletics themselves had evolved and that there was more sport in the TV series than in the original film. Like that idea didn't initially stand out to me. And I found that to be really interesting as well. So, um, it, you know, again, I, I think for anybody who's teaching lit, Lang and lit, just, you know, if we want our students to become more astute at the art of analysis, I long recommended like pop culture review series, because again, it's like students can listen to this in on their way to school, but it's like this, you know, we've got folks who are doing that analysis at a professional level and whether you have seen the show or the movie or the album or not, it's a really great example of folks asking questions in a really creative and nuanced way that I, I absolutely think transfers over into like, what does it mean to be an analytical thinker or reader. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I agree. 100%. I agree. <laughs> I, uh, I really, really enjoyed doing this with you. And um, I would recommend the exercise to others. I, I know that in schools, like, you know, and I, I love reading. I'm a huge fan of the book club, but I've been thinking a lot about like what multimedia clubs might mean for schools um you know what might it mean to have a movie club or an instagram club or um, a song club right uh, could be kind of an interesting thing too so listeners if your school is doing something like that i'd love to hear more from you about it and using the way that the three of us set this up i could also see it as it doesn't just have to be a club for your school right you could get schools together to kind of have that song club um that's that's maybe an interesting exercise i don't know yeah that'd be awesome actually i love that and i mean we're often i mean most of us are involved in a gsa in some way and yeah. that 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 could be a great way to get gsas at different campuses kind of just sort of having a first conversation or doing a podcast recording or, yeah. you know, especially sharing around um, different schools, different countries, you know, just even seeing what's, what's happening in the local scene, what's happening in Bangkok, what's happening in Hong Kong could be kind of cool as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and lots of different opportunities, I think for it to like splinter off into different areas, uh, a podcast episode that came out today uh, was an interview that I had with Dr. Samantha Blackman, who has been doing academic research on gaming and video games for decades. Um, her work kind of like boggles my mind. Anybody who supports students with extended essays, if you've got a student who's also passionate about gaming, her work looks mm -hmm. at games through the feminist lens. 
um, you know, she really kind of calls into question, like, who is a gamer? And has this campaign, Yes, I Game. And um, she does this really cool thing where she has a club where she partners a video game with a book. And I kind of think that's really cool. That's and I'm, really cool. Right? So and I'm thinking about our list and like how interesting it might be to do like a song Instagram pairing or a TikTok movie pairing, right? It's like that media kit you were talking about in a way, right? Like yeah. having this, these sort of uh, combinations as well. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> our next podcast. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for your time. Um, I don't know, like maybe this will become a thing that we do each summer. No pressure. I'm in. Yeah. I think it's great. As long as there's queer content being made, we're ready to consume it and talk yeah. about it. I mean, just in the course of this podcast, I've thought about like 12 different things that I was like, oh, why didn't I talk about that? Like, I, you know, why did no. I, why didn't we do that one? We, I, we could film another, uh, sorry, record another one right now. Well, I would, I would absolutely love to do another one with both of you because actually, you know, I will say I, I loved anytime anybody points me to new Instagram accounts, like I try to keep my scrolling to a minimum. So I'm not always doing a good job of like following new ones. So, and thank you so much for, for that recommendation. Like Caitlin's work is wonderful. I really, really love comics as well. So that was like a, a perfect rec for me. And Shannon, I'll say like the nudge, I was really worried about a league of their own. Like I felt like I had such huge expectations for it. And I felt like my expectations were so big and so heavy that I was almost worried about watching it, you know? So that little nudge to, to check it out. I, I really appreciated it. I think it did a great job of saying we can hold space for multiple conversations simultaneously. And I'm sometimes skeptical when there's a reboot but um, for me, that was a show that reminded me like reboots can be super powerful. Right. Well, so yeah, thanks so much for that. Yeah. Halloween costumes ready. Can't wait. <laughs> thanks so much, Trisha. This is a great conversation as always. Yeah, thank it was you. great. Um, Excellent. And thank you. I mean, you, you both might not know this, but this is actually, it feels really special to be doing this because this is the 100th episode of the show. Wow. Yay. Yay. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yes. I'm excited about that. So um, thanks for, for building this 100th episode with me. And um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing you both again, doing this exercise and continuing to have conversations about media and more. Wonderful. For sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tricia. Listeners, if you would like to participate in the conversation about media diets in summer 2024, you can ping me on social media or drop an email to abetterally at gmail.com. Till next week, thanks again for listening.